Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Can I tell you something and without being judged? Because I feel like at this moment we've gotten close enough to the point that I can go ahead and just be a little bit more lax and vulnerable uh, with our conversations. I have made a lot of poor decisions. Some not purposefully. Some more so because I lacked a lot of information, uh, did not have good judgment, lacked some discernment, uh, wasn't shown how. Okay, great. And so, yeah, I think that uh, those of us that can admit to that, if not careful, you can go to the extreme side of that, which is being afraid to make decisions because you don't trust yourself when you make a decision in a certain area. So you either get a lot of people's opinions and um, you cross-reference your decisions and um, or you just kind of like leave it and kind of just hope that uh, the decision makes itself kind of thing. And I think that that's a surefire way to go ahead and confirm, wow, you don't trust yourself in this area. And just being free enough to just say that is just maybe just the first step to go ahead and solve the problem. Listen, the, what they say the first step is, is identifying the problem, right? And so I found myself somewhere oddly in the middle. I think I've pretty much have visited both extremes where I'm just making all kind of decisions. And I was like, you know, I'm just <laughs> clearly I'm not good at this. Uh, my picker in this area is completely off. So let me get some guidance here. And then I leaned on people a little bit too much. But now I think that the season that I've been kind of walking through and that I'm really can coin it now, I'm like, wait a minute. I think I've gotten to a place that I've really am super careful on how I spend my time. Now, as healthy as that sounds, like, what's the problem with that? The problem is, is that I'm identifying things that are uncomfortable, that don't align to the plan that I had, that look unfavorable, that looks like it may take too long. I'm coining that particular mm, lane as, oh, I'm wasting my time. And so... In the same vein of, yes, we talking about the job. I just had to have, again, within that same candid moment that I told you I had last conversation with my coworker, and I'm like, yo, that just really opened my eyes. When I sat down in it, in that whole revelation, it was like, so what's really the problem? Because my thing is this, if you don't identify the core foundational issue, then you will continue to reap the problem. And so I like to go ahead and dissect, get to the nectar of the situation so that we can go ahead and dispel anything that can be remnants or anything that comes in the future. You see what I'm saying? And so when I really dissected that and was honest with myself, I said, man, you have wasted, quote, air quotes, so much time in the past that the only way for you to feel better about the air quotes time you wasted in the past is that you are really hyper super focused on not wasting any more time in the future and so I was like "Mm, yeah I guess that kind of like yeah I'll say that's my truth and so when I brought that to God he was like um can I just go ahead and shatter that lens real quick 
wasted time is an emotional illusion. And I was like, mm, what do you mean by that? He's like, because one, you didn't create time to say if you wasted it or not. Two, you I don't think that you have the proper de definition of what wasted time looks like. So I was like, okay, real talk. I'm, this is the conversation I'm having. I'm like, okay, God, let me let me go ahead and tell you that I, I'm a good steward on how I define the things. So let me go ahead and show you that I got it. Here's how I view wasted time. If you know something with the information that you have and you can't see uh past that or if you're trying to make a decision with the information you have so let's go ahead and put it in an analogy so if I have four pieces of ingredients right four separate ingredients for a meal that requires six to eight ingredients my personal approach is I won't even start the cooking process because in my mind that is a waste of time to try to create something when I am short some other things you see what I'm saying? So God was like, okay, um, I see how that makes earthly sense, but I want you to see how that is just completely debunked in the spiritual realm. I was like, okay. He's like, remember that time, well, um, my son, real quick, Jesus, in the Bible that time where he took a boy's lunch and he was able to feed 5,000 men with two fish and them loaves? I was like, um, yeah, but God, that was Jesus. He was like, no, 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 cool, cool, cool. Um, what about that time that I had the prophet come out and tell that woman with the um with the oil to go ahead and fill her jugs up, and her oil never ran dry. I was like, oh, okay, um, okay, I can. I can see what you're trying to do because you guys, so you can outsmart me, but I feel like that's a disadvantage. Like I didn't even, you know, you had the super head start because you got, and he's like, okay, okay. Um, matter of fact, you know, let's just go ahead and define what wasted time really means. And so I was like, okay. He's like, now give me your lens. The one that says, oh, you know, why even start or why even keep pursuing something if you know that you don't have all that's needed and how come, yeah, give me that really human lens and let me give you this lens. And the lens that he gave me was wasted time is spiritual disobedience. Is knowing that you are absolutely without a shadow of a doubt walking in disobedience. That is a waste of time. And so I was like, huh. And so you know how my mind goes. Wasted time. Who in the Bible I knew wasted their time? And um, yeah, let's just get into it. So Jonah, <laughs> you know, don't know what Buddy was doing. But this verse is so potent. And there is so much in it that I said I was going to try something new. Because you know that I read from the NLT version. And you know that I've been reading to you all these combos. I said for the first time, because it's actually an entire chapter, I want you to hear it the way that I heard it. Because the NLT version on my Version app, it actually reads to me if I feel like it from time to time. But 
first of all, I got some Tarshish and all these other names in it that I didn't want to chop up like I usually do sometimes. So we're going to go ahead and play it. And then once we play this, I want to come back and just really lay on thick what the Holy Spirit had for me. But while you're hearing this, because faith comes by hearing the word, okay? While you're hearing this, I pray that God gives you everything that you need. So now, Jonah 1, let's get into it. Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah runs from the Lord. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, What should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God, O Lord, they pleaded, Don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. It felt like a movie theater, didn't it? Mm-hmm, I know it. Let me explain something to you. Whew. Didn't that whole transaction with Jonah feel like you just wasted so much time you went nowhere real fast sir like i don't understand like did you not know that something was going like god was going to find you where were you running to like i would have loved to sat with him and was like real talk time out what was your plan you was just gonna live this life bad boys what you want what you want just the god version like you was gonna run from god and hope he find you and you got you can't have a warrant out for you by, by God, sir. <laughs> this one this would not take 48 hours. This is not the first 48. Okay? Um, I need you to understand this this case will not be cold, sir. It's not a cold case. He's God. 
what did you I can't even wrap my head it don't even make no sense to me but a few things absolutely positively just jumped out number one okay sir the mere fact that it don't even seem like because this is literally just it wouldn't even seem like God his instructions was confusing it was literally um this is Jonah one okay so this is how we being introduced to Jonah he got up <laughs> the Lord gave him this message get up go to the city of Nineveh announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are Jonah didn't even say, oh, but bro, you have no idea. Like the people over there are, like, can I just say something real quick? The mouse that it's going to, okay, so it's going to take me along. He didn't even give an excuse to his disobedience. He was just like, oh, that's what you want? Cool. Pack the bag and went the other way. The beauty of it is that I love the fact that by the time we are introduced to Jonah and his voice and him uh, going ahead and having something to say, it was when the men were approaching him on the boat because all the time that the wind and all that is doing something it, the bible says that jonah was sound asleep and so the captain is like bro how are you sleep at it like get up and pray sir and so when they seem like okay we got to figure out what the what the foundational issue is we got to see what's really going on they went ahead and did their lots and was like oh jonah's the culprit sir so they went ahead and did an interrogation. Who are you? Where you from? Blah, blah, blah. And the first time that Jonah speaks is in verse 9. And he answered, I am a Hebrew. I, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Now, time out. You know exactly who you are. You know exactly who you worship. You know exactly what to say. There is no question in your identity. There is no question in who God is. It is no question in any of that. Yet your action showed, no, I don't want to put my trust in you. I don't want to put your faith, my faith in what you told me to do. What I'm going to go ahead and do is spend my time another way. I think I would have felt better if when we re read that part, if Jonah would have answered something like, you know, mm, my parents name, I'm from this particular land, you know, this was my childhood home, eh, I'm this old, you know, I'm, I'm single, you know, it gave a little bit more of maybe identifying like, oh, okay. Well, that's maybe why you went ahead and because you don't really know yourself or, mm, okay, well, you're young or you old, you fixing your ways. You're young. You don't really know what to, something that would excuse. But the fact that you were able to, within 140 characters, sir, say, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. So you knew yourself enough to know that God called you to do something. You knew God enough to know, yeah, he made the sea and he made this land, but you didn't know him enough to know that he was not going to allow you to escape an assignment that he gave you. Really, Jonah? Like, like that? that's what you thought? And the fact that these boys got real scared and was like, oh, um, the first thing that they asked him after they seen the magnitude of the storm is, why did you do it? Now, do you understand how mind-blowing that is? 
that sailors who did not believe in God, you know how I know that they didn't believe in God? Because they told Jonah, pray, pray to your God. Maybe he'll go ahead and stop. So they were praying to a whole different God. But when they learned that, bro, you worship the God of the one that made the heaven of heaven and the one who made the sea and the land. Their first question is, why did you do it? Why did they have more wisdom than Jonah who knew Lord, who knew God, who knew the one who made the sea and the land? The sailors, the unbelievers, they had more wisdom to say, why would you run? Why would you do it? And so they're like, okay, you know what? Let's just go ahead and start. Um, let, let's just go ahead and, and try to do something. And so literally verse 10 says the sailors were terrified when they heard this for he, he already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Their question to him, this is my, they say, oh, why did you do it? They groaned 11. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? 12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. 13. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Oh my gosh. They couldn't make it. Sir, y'all just asked this man, what do we need to do to go ahead and get out of this storm? Jonah gives yet again clear indication this was this is what needs to be done the sailors say oh, okay and they take a they become Jonah juniors and they're like oh, okay so we're not gonna do what you said knowing that you know God and you know what to do right we're not gonna do what you said we just gonna go ahead and try to roll and put more of our strength into this thing hoping that it gets better but it actually got worse pause there how many times in your life can you attest to that that you knew what to do, but you wanted to do it another way. That God told you to go ahead and be abstinent for that time period. And you were like, yeah, God, but I'm going to throw that thing in a circle two more times and then I'm going to stop. Like, oh, okay. So then you may get something that you can't wash off or get or have something that has your eyes in about nine months, 40 weeks. Okay, great. Yeah, um, God told you, mm, maybe you shouldn't go on that trip this time. And you were like, yeah, God, but I feel like I deserve it. Heard what you said, but I'm going to go out in these streets. And he's like, oh, okay, well, um, you're going to get the benefit of that too. So this thing that you're doing, that God is telling you to do a thing, but you put more strength into doing it your way. Is it no wonder that the situation is getting more difficult? Isn't it no wonder that now you have no peace? The one thing that I really identified was the storm got worse. Yeah, the storm got worse. A sheer fire indicator that God is not pleased, that God is not, you are no longer under the anointing umbrella of God's refuge, of, of God's safety, is that there is no peace in the midst of that storm. And that the storm is getting worse and you're feeling every element of it. So when these non-believers realize, okay, bro. <laughs> this thing is getting violent, this storm, and we may just go, have to go ahead and go and just throw you over. It literally says that when the sailors picked up Jonah in verse 15, then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. Oh, 
Really? 16. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Ah, oh, so you just literally had an evangelistic situation, Jonah. Yeah, you were trying to run away from God's assignment, but all he did was have you go save some souls real quick. Because I know that everything works together for all good for those who are called, right? You remember Romans 8, 28? We'll get back to that in just a jiffy. But it looked like you tried to run away from God and God was like, oh, well, let me just go ahead and make this worth my while. <laughs> if you're going to disobey me, I'm going to go ahead and show my power so much that I saved these sailors who are unbelievers before you got in that boat. Hmm? Yeah, these, these boys didn't believe. This thing was getting out of control. This, it was literally to a point that it was going to be life or death. But somebody had to be obedient. Someone had to do what they know, knew to do, even if it didn't make logical sense. You want me to throw you into the water? No, I don't want to do that. You're a person. Let's go ahead and run. Oh, this is getting more violent. Bro, we're going to have to throw you and everything you came with. You Listen, you dropped your napkin. Let me go ahead and throw that in the seat too. I hope this is not littering. And so when I really dissected this, God was like, do you see the difference in how you viewed wasted time versus how I see wasted time? Jonah wasted his time by not listening and obeying and doing what God said to do. The sailors didn't waste time. Maybe the storm didn't even have to get violent. As soon as y'all knew that Jonah was the culprit, why y'all even questioned anything? It should have just been like, bro, what should we do with you to get this to stop? Oh, okay, throw you over. Cool. Let me go ahead and throw you over because up until this point, we were cool. <laughs> I, th th this, is not, this is not normal to us, okay? We are sailors and we had to go ahead and throw some uh, lots to figure out what is the problem. We're equipped for rains and different things that happen. But as violent as this thing is, it made me, us go ahead and wake you up and say, pray to your God and try to figure out what's going on. And once we figured out what's going on, we should have been obedient, but we weren't. And now that we're under this disobedience uh, curse with you, we need to go ahead and figure out how to get up out of here. And the moment that peace came was the moment that obedience was activated. Isn't that a word right there? The moment that peace came was the moment that obedience was actually activated. Oh my goodness. I promise you, I will never, ever, ever view decision making. And, you know, I feel like I'm wasting my time the same again. There are people in relationships that feel like, I feel like I wasted my time with you. And I feel like, you know, I could have done better. And there are people at jobs that's like, man, I've always wanted to be in that career field. But I stayed in this career field. And I feel like I wasted my time. And that none of this matters. And I feel like I'm wasting my life away. And you're looking at your friendships. And you're like, man, my circle is just, it's getting smaller and smaller. And I got all these people around me. And I feel like I'm not gaining or, or getting any type of growth from the people around me. And you're looking at your life decisions and you're like you know what I should have moved to that state a long time ago I should have been a homeowner a long time ago I should have been out of debt a long time ago and you feel like God you know what you're frustrated you feel like I wasted my time but you know what God's saying mm -mm. I view time differently than you very much so I want you to read Romans 8 28 and it reads a lot like this and you know I'm reading again from the New Living Translation 
Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And we know that God causes everything to work together. You mean that time you had that baby early? Everything to work together. You mean that time that you stepped out with that person and you knew you shouldn't have and then that thing happened? Everything works together. You mean that time that you left that job and you thought it was just a leap of faith, but now that you look back, you're like, ah, I think I should have stayed a little bit longer. Everything works together. You mean to tell me, well, you had that falling out with that friend and that friend really, really helped you personally in all other areas in your life. And you're like, man, I feel like I'm lacking now. Maybe I, I should go back and try to figure it out and patch it up. But I feel like the way that that situation fell apart, the, the friendship just won't be the same. You mean that that's going to work to everything works together for your good for your good which means that if God couldn't create a way to turn your little bit of ingredients a little bit that you added into that the that little mistake that you made that big mistake that you made that step to the left that you made when you should have made that right if he couldn't make it and orchestrate it to a place that he could make it turn for your good then I don't believe that God would have allowed it to happen because the Bible says that God is a man that he shall not lie. And so if he can't even make something good happen from the mistakes that you made. Yeah, that one time that you were gotten to the drugs and you know what? Now, you know, the addiction and all that. No, nothing, nothing small, nothing great. I don't care how disgusting that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, how could God ever forgive me? Would it ever work out for my good? Listen to me, David in the Bible committed murder to be with Bathsheba. And you know what came from David's loins? Solomon. The wisest, richest king ever. So God knows how to turn things around for your good. So I'm taking me by the collar and I'm, I'm hemming you up by the collar. Don't you dare ever say in any realm or any department in your life say, I feel like I'm wasting my time. What you should be saying is, I know that God is going to turn this around for my good because I am called. I am called. He's going to turn it around for my good, for my own purpose, because he called me. And I know that. And I know that if he could not turn it around for my good, then he would not have allowed it to happen. So instead of me feeling like I'm wasting my time, God, what are you doing in the meantime? Because even in the midst of, of Jonah being disobedient and literally wasting time, God turned it around for God's good and Jonah's good and made him an evangelist in the meantime. Do you see how powerful that is? Do you see how powerful that is? Wasted time? Absolutely. But he made that time worth it, didn't he? Didn't he? It was worth going ahead and getting on that boat with them sailors. It was worth it. Would God have saved them a different way? Hmm, we'll never know. You know why? Because God flipped that wasted time. Do you see what I'm getting at? So my challenge to you is, how are you looking at your life right now? How are you looking at your previous circumstances in your life? Are you looking at it like, man, I waste my time with such and such? Where do you identify wasted time? 
Where have you identified wasted time? And how can we go ahead and re-identify that now with the new lens that we have with Jonah? Do you see what I'm saying? Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Jesus was able to go ahead and feed 5,000 men, women, and children with two fish, five loaves, and, they, and he made them carry leftovers in 12 baskets. There will never be wasted, anything wasted, especially time. God accounts for everything, especially your time. So I want you to get stirred up in your spirit. I need you to get stirred up and say, you know what? The enemy tried to make me believe that I'm wasting my time. Had me putting my running shoes on in places that I didn't even need that. Had me going ahead and, and looking at people and, and starting to feel resentment towards people that I didn't even need to feel that. Because I know that if I'm walking through this part of the forest, that God's going to make a tree house somewhere. I'm not going to just come out with mosquito bites and ticks and all kind of stuff. God's going to make this wasted time worth it. And I'm no longer going to even have that in my vocabulary. There is no such thing as a wasted time. That is an emotional illusion. Do you see what I'm trying to get you to see at this point? Did you get that? You know what these conversations are. They are life provoking conversations conversations that once you get off this phone I want you to be like you know what I want you to put on your spiritual running shoes and say never again will I be deceived to think that I'm wasting any kind of time because my God my God accounts for all of it all of it do you understand mm, listen I hope you got that wave because I definitely listen I'm definitely a part I, I surfed on that one if not at all, that all that was for me. But listen, go ahead and do me a favor. Keep your phone nearby, okay? Because you know that when it rings, it's always going to be your favorite homegirl, okay? But thank you for taking the call. Thank you for always answering. You know how we do, okay? I'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. <laughs>